I'm Bridget Metcalf. Join me each week as I chat with leaders from around the world, shining a light of global issues that affect us all, so the truth may be known. Don't miss out on the conversation. Go to your favorite podcast streaming service now to subscribe to Truth Be Known. For upcoming podcasts, go to truthbeknown.org and enjoy the conversation. Hello friends, this is Bridget Metcalf and thank you for joining us today on the Truth Be Known podcast. Let me introduce you to Terry Kaiser, a nurse and regional director of a tech company that provides online medical advice services. Terry is not only a brilliant professional in her field of expertise, but she is a strong woman of faith a teacher of the Word of God, and an incredible discipler. And I have the utmost respect for her as a Bible teacher and a mentor to many women of all ages. Enjoy the conversation as we dive into this week's episode of Truth Be Known. When I became a Christian, I was looking for someone that was more mature in the faith and someone that I could look to and look up to to help me understand the word and my place as a Christian and how I could get to know Jesus better and understand what he said to me in the word. And there really wasn't anybody. There wasn't anybody available. I looked in the church. No one really wanted to step up to the plate and be there in that role for me. And so I started doing a lot of reading Christian authors that I trusted, and they became my mentors. And so my mentors have always been women Christian authors that I've read, uh, done some of their Bible studies, and just studied along with them. And that was my mentoring for quite a while. And so I made a vow that I was going to be there for other gals and women along the way and give them what I had always wanted but never was able to find. So that's kind of how everything got started. That's really amazing. So really out of your own need, the heart and passion for discipleship really was birthed inside of you. How do you disciple young ladies? Is it customized? Whenever you're talking to a certain person, do you do it different? Do you do it in a group situation? So I mentor women in a multitude of different ways. You can mentor in a group setting. So I may have a Bible study and have a group of women all in there at the same time. All the women may be at different levels in their walk with the Lord. They may have different personal problems, issues, things that they want to work on. But the bottom line is they all want to grow in their relationship with the Lord. And everything really comes back to that. I've found no matter who's in the group and no matter what they're going through or what they initially come to the Bible study looking for, their basic need and their basic desire is Jesus. And if I can help them, develop a passion and a hunger for Jesus and for his word, all of those other things come together. And people in the group can share and we can be a support together. So I like doing group Bible studies for women. I think it's a great place for women to be vulnerable, transparent, to share, to get feedback, and to grow in their relationship with the Lord. God gives us people in our lives so that we can be, you know, matured in showing our fruits of the Spirit that develop as we develop in our relationship with Him. 
And so if we're living at home by ourselves, there's really nobody to get along with, nobody that we have to show preference to, nobody that we have to show love to. We just have to get up in the morning, do our thing, and we think we're moving along pretty well doing pretty well, but if we get in a group and we get around other people, then some of our ideas may not mesh with theirs. We may need to submit to some of their ideas. And so we learn these things and God can develop the fruits of the spirit as we're in community with other people. So that's a really good way for people to grow in their relationship with the Lord and with other Christians. I also mentor women individually. And each woman is, you know, it's a little bit different. It, I may do a Bible study, a structured Bible study with them, if that's what they need at the time. Other times we may read a Christian book and go through that and discuss ideas. Along with that, we do things together. And so as we do things together, it's doing life. And as you do life, situations come up and they ask questions. You know, they want to know, how should I do this, or how should I do that, or I'm having trouble with that. And as you talk, things come up that they want to, you know, learn how to handle, have you pray through with them, and, you know, they grow and mature. And it's just so exciting for me to look back a year with somebody that I've been meeting with and see how they've grown, because they have been in the word. The word, you know, the word is just like paramount. It's primary. If you have somebody that you're mentoring and they're very passionate and hungry and they do intentionally uh, get into the word every day, you can really see how, how they're changing over time. And it's so good because they do get more transparent. They do get more vulnerable because they, they want it. They want to be more like Jesus. They see who Jesus is and they see the peace that it brings in their life. And it's just, it's just so amazing. Just being with people and, and watching them interact with others and being able to give them feedback. It's so great to be a person who they trust. Once somebody trusts you and gives you their trust, they're willing to share all kinds of things with you. And that's how you can help them grow because you're able to speak into their life. But that, that comes over time, spending time with them, being available. What is the difference between having a Bible study with a group of ladies and actually discipling them? What is that deciding factor that goes a little deeper than just doing a Bible study? At what point do you feel like you're discipling them rather than just going through the word together? So first of all, I think it has to be something that they desire. So if they desire that relationship where they're willing to spend the time with you, they're willing to be truthful and honest with you, they're willing to hear the hard words. That's the kind of things that I look for for me then to get involved in a more deeper relationship with them. It involves spending time. It involves being there for them during the day. If they need someone to pray with them, they can text me any time of the day or night, and I'm there for them to pray with them. We do things, like I said, do things together because relationship develops as you spend that time together. You get to know somebody by spending time with them so that it's the extra time that you spend with them and the trust that develops and the depth of things that you talk about. In life, 
I think there's very few people that you have a really deep relationship with because number one, it takes a lot of time and we don't have time to spend with multiple people hours and hours and hours. I mean, even Jesus, he had his big group, he had his smaller group, he had his 12, but then he had his three. And I, he spent different amounts of time with those different groups of people. He invested into them in different ways. He had, uh, I would say, deeper relationships with them and trusted them with more things at that deeper level. And that, that's what I like to see when I'm uh, into, in a mentoring relationship with somebody. It's that deep relationship, that the willingness to spend the time, the willingness to be trust and be transparent and vulnerable and just share with share life with each other. Have you ever ran into a situation and how do you deal with this? If you have somebody that says, I really want to be discipled by you, but then they don't actually follow through. And how do you deal with that? Or have you ever encountered that in this time of discipleship? Truthfully, I have not because... Before I take on discipling someone, I actually talk with them and talk with them about what that'll mean, talk about the commitment. not going to be easy sometimes. It's not going to be fun sometimes. It's, you know, the fruit of it's going to be great at the end. And I'm willing to spend time with you and do, do whatever. I'm going to be committed to you, but in return, uh, I expect that you'll be committed to the relationship. I usually can see if they have that passion and that hunger and then want to develop it. I, I just share that with them up front. Mm -hmm. And have you ever felt like in your time of discipleship with the women that you have spent time with over the years that there has become a reverse discipleship where you start to learn and grow from them as much as they are growing from you. Have you encountered that? Yes, definitely. So I would say quite a number of years ago, I had a lady come up to me at church and said, would you mentor me and a couple of my friends? We have no one to mentor us. Would you start a Bible study and mentor us? And so I did. And out of that group, one of the gals continued doing uh, mentorship with me individually. And this has probably been now I'm going to say 20 years ago. And so we continued. She moved out of state and was, was a long ways away, but we continued every week meeting by phone. And I continued to mentor her. And she now, she not only can disciple me, but she's also discipling others. It's so beautiful. She has people she does individual mentoring with. She does groups. She, she has just, you know, blossomed out. So it's that reproducing, right? And she's got her own groups, but also I can have her as a trusted friend and person that I can go to, and she can give me wise counsel because she has grown so much. She's very committed to growing in the Lord. And yes, that definitely does happen. What are some of the keys that you see 
in the women that you mentor and disciple that you really feel like these are keys that I can see growth in them, that there's some transitions that are happening in them and they're taking flight. So I would say the main thing is when they actually start talking about things that God's showing them where they feel they need to grow more. So they may talk to me about, say, for example, you know, I really feel rebellious and I don't really want to submit to this authority or you know, and then talking about that, talking about what that means, talking about God showing that to them for a reason, and then praying through that. And, and you know, I think the big thing is accepting that that's okay, because as we grow, there's going to be a lot of things we don't want to do, right? Because our flesh doesn't want to do a lot of those things that we, as a Christian, once once we grow closer to the Lord, we become that we want to do those things more. And so we're like, well, why don't I want to do this? I really don't want to submit to this. I really, you know, and then you can say, it's okay. It's okay. Let God know. Let God know where you're at because all change comes from the inside, from the inside out. And until we lay it before him and say, this is where I'm at and let him do the change, there's not going to be any change. So I think reinforcing with them that it's okay and praying through it with them and letting God do the work, not feeling like there's something I have to tell her to do to get over that or something, you know, it's not, that's not how it works. So when I see those kind of things happening and them being willing to share with me that they're not like, you know, I'm not Miss Perfect Christian. I'm not like Superwoman here. This is where I'm at. And they're growing and they're working through it. And then you look back over the year and see all the things that God showed them and the way he's worked in their life. Because it's all about what he does. We're just there to kind of direct and guide and keep them in the course of the river. Yeah. Yeah, So it sounds like when you start to see their honesty, their openness, their teachability, their willingness to take the word of God and apply it and see themselves honestly is growth in their life. Correct? Yes, definitely. So, you know, over this course of years that you've been mentoring, and then you, of course, you mentioned earlier that some of some of the author women authors that you have read and the Bible studies that you've read that have really been a big influence in your life. Do you feel like that you actually at this point of your life really do have physical mentors speak into your life, not just authors? I do. I do. I have I have several and Bridget, you are one. You are one <laughs> of the women I consider a, a, a mentor and a, and a great friend. And I, I have a couple of other ladies that I speak into my life. And I really feel blessed at this point in my life. I, I feel like I have people that I can look to that have been places I have not in my walk with the Lord. I feel like I can be vulnerable and honest and truthful even though it's not always easy. And then I have people that I'm mentoring and I have people that are kind of like at the same place I am. So, I mean, that's that's what I always tell my gals that I'm mentoring, you know, there are three levels of, of mentorship. And, and, and at any given point, everybody, the best, the best case scenario is having someone at each of those levels in your life. Someone mm-hmm. you can look up to, someone who's 
kind of like the same level you are, and someone who's not where you are that you can help bring along. And everybody really has people at all those levels. It may look differently for each person, but I think it's really important that we have people at all those levels. I think that's how we grow, that's how we grow others, and I think it's the best, really. I 100% agree with you. I, I, I often share the concept with a lot of the girls that I disciple is that you need a Paul, a Silas, and a Timothy. That's it's kind of that three-level concept that you're sharing. You have the Paul that's speaking into your life, the Silas that's at the same level that you are, that maybe you're in the jail and you're needing yeah. somebody to praise the Lord with you and just cheer you on with, with you in the hard times. And then you have the Timothys that you pour into. And if you have that balance constantly in your life, it really it keeps you humble, but also keeps you growing and, and really being honest. And so I 100% agree with that concept. How do you feel like mentorship has changed your life personally? What's the difference between just your walk with God and reading the word and being faithful in church and being faithful to the things that God has called you to, to actually diving into discipleship? What is the difference maker? So I think the difference is that it helps get things into your heart and into your life. So um, Jen Wilkins always calls it the head the heart and the hands. And so as we study at home, we read the word, you know, it's got to start in our mind. If, it, if we can't understand it, we can't get it to our heart and we can't get it into our life. But I think the mentor or the person that's discipling us helps us get it into our life. So we're living it out. And and it's not just a, a head or even just a hard concept. It, it has to be lived out in our life. And so if people can't see that, and that's a good thing about our mentor, they'll notice that, right? We can mm -hmm. say we understand that we're supposed to love others. We can say that we understand that we're supposed to forgive others. But yet we may be talking with our mentor or the person that's discipling us. And they're like, oh, wait a minute you're not acting very forgiving here. You sound like you still have a resentment for this person, right? And so that helps me then bring what I've read, what is starting to take root in my heart into my life and say, oh yeah, wait a minute, you know, that's true. And it takes someone outside of my life to see that. The Bible says the heart is deceitful above all things. We need other people in our lives to look at what we're doing and see what we're doing and be willing to speak into our lives to help us see those things and grow. So mm -hmm. I think that's the difference. Yeah, definitely. And and how the scripture also says that iron sharpens iron, so does one man sharpen another. We sharpen each other in those areas and, and we make each other accountable to actually yeah. walk the word out rather than just hear it, see it, know it, but we actually have to do it. So yeah. would you say, Terry, that, you know, these years of experience, the years of depth of discipleship that you've been through as well as you've taken people through, would you say that you feel that every believer should walk in discipleship? Or do you think discipleship is just for some? Or do you feel like it's for all? I think it's for all. I think everybody needs to have somebody in their life 
And I encourage, like if I do a group Bible study, I'll always encourage them to have pick somebody who you can tell everything to, who you can be dreadfully honest with. And because you can't grow if, if you're not exposing some things that you need to grow in, right? And so you can't do, you just can't do it by yourself. And if you go to church on Sunday morning, it's easy to, yes, hi, I'm doing great. How are you? Fine. And you go home and you're never, you're never ever having somebody that loves you enough to get into the mess of your life and help you get out of that mess. You really need somebody because living close to people is messy. It's a lot of work. It takes a lot of time, right? But we need that. We need it so badly. So what would you say to somebody that, and I've had this actually said to me many times, so I'm really interested in your take on this, is that the people or the women that say to you, I've asked people to mentor me. I want mentorship, but nobody has time. Or they talk to somebody and they say, would you mentor me? And then the person replies and says, no, I can't do that. Or they don't even, maybe the person they've talked to doesn't even understand mentorship. So, or never been through it. So when they've never been through it, they're not able to deliver it. How would you encourage somebody if they've already put themselves out there and there was no response? What, what do you say to them? Well, I think I can use my own example. I mean, because it happened to me. I can say, I understand. I've been there. I know how it feels. I, you know, I was there. I wanted someone. And, you know, you just have to keep searching because, I mean, like you and I, you can only take on so many people at once because you want to be able to give them the time that it takes, right? Be there for them and walk with them. And that's only available to a certain group of people. So I think the one of the things that I like to do is the people that I mentor, I like to move them to that place where they're mentoring others. And, you know, it, it's so encouraging when you're mentoring somebody and they say, oh, I started meeting with this new Christian and I'm, and I'm like, yes, this is amazing. That's what it's about, that I mentor someone, they mentor someone else, that person mentors someone else. And this is how, you know, we're going to have more people out there that are available, that are wanting to do it, and more people that are able to benefit from it. But yeah, unfortunately, that does happen. But don't give up. Don't give up. And the, the main, get in a group, start there. At least you'll have people feeding into your life and giving you feedback. Be in a group somewhere, start there. Read books from good qualified Christian authors that are recommended by people in your church, your pastor, your pastor's wife, that know good Christian reading. And you start there, you have to start somewhere. Mm -hmm. Don't don't give up though. I, I am a hundred percent in agreement with what you're saying. I mean, I often say, be like a dog on a bone. Yes. And if you really want, like when you see a dog chewing on a bone, it's like not just chewing the meat off the bone, but it's like literally going into the marrow and you can't pull a dog away from his bone. You know, it's, it's, it's a dangerous thing. And I think it should be that same tenacity in us to want to be discipled and if you've been rejected to not let that shut you down 
but just keep going after it because we need it so desperately in our life. What do you say to those who maybe are the ones that have an opportunity to disciple people, but haven't felt confident or strong enough or maybe even the desire, like how would you encourage somebody like that, that maybe they've had people come to them and said, would you disciple me? And they've responded with, no, I don't really know how to disciple or I don't really do that kind of thing. What would you say to somebody that really has it inside of them to do it, but doesn't understand the value of it? So I think that there's room for um, people to train other people on how to be a mentor too. So I've done that before too helped other people like what do you do so get them started and i've even gone with people like on their first one or two meetings with their mentor and just kind of like even starting if it's a new christian just starting at the beginning of the bible and reading through so start at genesis 1 and read through it and let them ask questions right and because you can answer questions if you if you're been a christian and you have been in the word you can just start by doing that just sitting there with them, going through the word and answering questions. And that's what helps grow grow them in their passion too. The more they're in the word, the more passion they're going to have for it. So just accompanying them on that journey, being available to talk to them about what they experienced with their mentee in the session or the time that they spent with them and letting them ask questions because I, I, I want to support them as well. So that's kind of like a different level, isn't it, of mentorship. That's, mm-hmm. that's bringing along the other mentors. So I think, you know, there, there is great need out there on every level. That's for sure. And there probably never will be enough people because it is a, it is a commitment on everybody's part, both the person who wants to learn and the person who wants to help them along the way, right? Mm -hmm. I know that this is over a course of many, many years, but what would be one of the greatest things that you've learned from one of your mentors that you have just held really close to your heart that you'll never forget? I, I would say, because I think about this a lot, is honor and relationships. And I learned that from you and Dana. But I think it's so important to honor people and let them know their value. People want to feel valued. And, you know, just looking at them and no matter what's happening in their life or where they're at, just to value them, to value someone and let them know their worth. Mm, So true. I, I think it's such a high calling to mentor people and disciple them. I mean, when we really think about this, I often think about this when I'm mentoring young girls, is what a precious gift it is that they're allowing me to to be able to speak into their life and help mold them, yeah. almost like a, like a mother. And that it's a precious gift that I want to value myself, not just value them as a person, but I would never want to hurt them right. or abuse them because they're giving you this opportunity. And there are people that take advantage of that opportunity. So it's really a precious gift when when a mentee gives themselves to a mentor. But then also the exchange of that is when a mentor gives themselves to a mentee, that mentee really needs to value that mentor's time and what they're giving them also as a precious gift, right? Yeah. 
It's such an exchange. And so we're coming to a conclusion in just a moment. But before we do, I would just like to ask you, what's probably one of the most special, and you don't have to give any names or anything like that, but what would be one of the most valuable times that you've had with a mentee that was a situation that you didn't just speak into their life, but it, it like pressed something in your heart. Like it made an imprint on you that you learned from through giving them a lesson. I have a couple of, a couple of things that I can relate to. One of them, one of the gals was having some issues at work and and she is just so, you know, she's got the revelation about going to the person first to talk to them, right? And instead of going around and getting involved in all the office gossip or um, drama that's going on, and it really did, after I hung up, it's like, oh my, you know, at work, it's so easy sometimes, right, to get involved in, in whatever's going on, the drama of the situation, and just her steadfastness to always go to the person first. And then when it doesn't happen, being willing to confront or bring it to the attention of the others that this is the biblical principle. We go to the other person first. So that that would be probably one of the big ones that I can think of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really know, good. Yeah, that was that was really really a big one. And she, she continues to do it. I mean, she is very, very upfront about that and continues to do that in her life and in her work. And it's just uh, amazing really to see, you don't see a lot of that, Mm -hmm. you know, where people are really truthfully following the scriptural principles. And so it was really, really exciting for me, but it was a little bit convicting I totally understand that. I really do believe that mentorship is is you're turning people towards God. You're turning them to the scripture, the word of God, to worship, to praise, to put him first. And, And then through that, and you're honoring God. But then you're also honoring each other and you're teaching them the the concept of honoring people and loving what God loves. And he loves people. So it really is just such a high calling. And so I want to ask you as in conclusion of our podcast today, um, Terry, what would you say, what would you advise my audience today? If you could say maybe just a couple words that are really passionate on your heart about discipleship, what could you say to them to inspire them to get involved, get connected? and and start walking in deep discipleship. So I would say that God calls us to be image bearers of him. Our highest calling in our life is to reflect the image of our Savior. And there is no higher calling than to walk alongside someone else and help them to be an image bearer as well. I just feel very blessed that God has called me to mentor other women, that he's put this passion and desire in my heart and help them in becoming image bearers of Christ. I think that's so excellent. Well, Terry, I just want to say to you that I really honor and respect you. And I thank you for when you went through that time, maybe early on in your Christian walk, where you didn't feel like you had anybody, thank you for digging into the word. Thank you for allowing those authors and 
those ladies that were writing Bible studies to be those mentors in your life because you've really dug into those things. And I know for me, you have been a powerful force in my life to gear me towards the word of God, to tell me truth. And when I, I know even some of my girls that go back to Arizona, I've said, if you don't have a mentor, you need to go to Terry Kaiser. And I just so appreciate you. I honor you and I respect you for the time and the investment and the love that you have poured into women. So thank you so much um, for being that strong, trustworthy, and confidential mentor that leads people to Christ. I honor you this day. Thank you, Bridget. Thank you so much. And thank you for all that you've meant in my life and every time you've spent time with me and uh, helped me along the journey as well. Well, I love you and I thank you for being on our Truth Unknown podcast today and continue to just mentor those young ladies and pour into them. And um, I just thank you again for your time and your investment today. Thanks, Bridget. Thank you, Terry, for joining us today on the Truth Be Known podcast. And thank you for your investment and dedication into the lives of so many women to see them succeed and walk in the ways of God. To my Truth Be Known audience out there, I cannot emphasize enough how vitally important it is for every believer to seek out discipleship in their lives in order to apply the Word of God and turn it into action steps. The Bible is clear that we are to make disciples. Thank you, friends, for tuning in to Truth Be Known and go to the truthbeknown.org or email us at truthbeknown.org at gmail.com. Again, that's truthbeknown.org at gmail.com to find out more about our future episodes and guests that will be joining us each week. You can always find us on your favorite streaming service. And don't forget to let the truth be known.